Well, it's good to have you all here this morning. Um, place is feeling a little bit. We, we might, yeah, a little bit full. Yeah, yeah. Another family or two. We might have to think about a second service or something. That'd be exciting. Um, so, just a little bit of housekeeping before we start. Um, just want to sort of mention about uh, this week is the launch of our new Hope Group. So, if you're part of the church, woo, 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 woo. Um, so if you're um, in and around the church, we we meet midweek. Uh, we've all kind of because we're a church plant. We've been meeting here in Costa just over a year weekly, but we've been meeting probably for about eighteen months in homes and stuff. We actually moved into Costa just because front rooms were too small to host everyone and obviously if you look around now if we wanted to all meet in one house none of us have has got a mansion other than the one that Jite prayed about that we're going to go and live in one day in eternity but we've not quite got it yet um, and so we're multiplying into two midweek hope groups one being led by Adam and Lizzie on a Thursday night from half seven till nine um, and it's worrying that I don't know all the details isn't it? the other one being led by Jonathan Teresa um, on a Wednesday night and that's going to be half six till eight um, and so hopefully if you're kind of part of the church you should have had some contact with them there's one or two people they said they've not had a chance to talk to yet so go and grab them if you kind of if you want to be in their group uh, if that's the one that works or they'll come and grab you they don't need to grab like just the term um, but yeah, so if you're new to the church and you want to just check out what they're about, then maybe if Adam and Lizzie, Jonathan Trees, put your hands up for us. So these guys, if you can go and um, just go and say hello to them if you want to know any information that they're going to be leading those. That's a super exciting time. Just really want to encourage you. There's a lot of kind of weight. We talked about it last week about meeting together regularly with other believers. We look at Acts 2 and it says that they were in and out of each other's homes daily. Um, there, there are commendations to not give up meeting together like the pagans do. So if we don't meet with other Christians, we're like a pagan. Um, that doesn't come with any condemnation, but that's kind of the, you know, so it's just like this whole thing of like, meeting with other people is really good for you. It's good for yourself. It's good for one another. It's great for community. And we really want to give ourselves to that. Despite all of the challenges and the frustrations and the things that get in the way of that, uh, we, I've got an excuse book as long as my arm of reasons why I shouldn't go to a group. Um, but the reason I should go is because it's just good to meet with my family, it's good to meet with other brothers and sisters, and it does me good. Just being selfish, and actually if I'm able to, I can speak life into other people, which is even better. So we, we're called to build one another up. So just, I can't commend it more to you. The people leading them are absolutely awesome. We've got a lot of love for them, and they're going to do you good as well. Um, so yeah, just to mention that, um, so hopefully we're clear on it. Great. So what we're going to do, there's a bit of a new series that we're starting now, which is kind of like between now and the end of the, well, the start of the summer, so the end of July, when kind of the school holidays start and people start disappearing for things, uh, we're going to be covering, um, it's a bit of a, like an eight or nine session thing that we're going to cover on Sundays and we're also going to cover in the Hope Group. So on a Sunday, we're going to be covering like big picture themes of some things, which I'll explain in a moment. And then when we're meeting together in these hope groups, we're actually going to be like really sort of seeing how that gets traction in our daily lives. And we're going to be talking about that. Literally, what does that look like for you on Monday? What does it look like for you on, on that meeting you've got on Thursday or uh, when you're at the job centre? What does that look like? Um, so that's going to be really exciting. And then hopefully, really, in those sort of smaller communities, we can talk a little bit more about the challenges of it. Whereas on a Sunday, we just sort of hear it from the front. It's great and encouraging, but sometimes we can have forgotten it by Monday morning. So it's just to really help, help stuff take root. And so most things we're going to cover for at least a couple of weeks. And obviously when the Hope Groups meet, they're meeting fortnightly. So we'll cover it twice on a Sunday, once midweek. So if you're not able to access the midweek stuff, I'll try and put stuff up on the website. So there'll be resources and videos, which will kind of get drip, drip fed through. But you'll need to go to the website to check that out. Is that okay? 
Is that clear? Right, okay. So what we're going to be covering, there's a few of us that have been meeting and we've been talking about some things. And before our family moved from Sittingbourne to, not Sittingbourne, sorry, from Medway to Sittingbourne, uh, to Plant Hope Church Sittingbourne, there was this word that came lots of different times, probably two or three different times from different sources, none of them knew one another. And it was a prophetic word and it was given to me specifically and I think about me, but I think having sort of weighed it with some others, we felt like actually it's something for the church as well, for us as a community. And so if you'll just indulge me for a moment, I'll share this word with you. You might want to, you can close your eyes, you might want to just focus, if you've got kids you might not want to, because that could be a bit dangerous. Um, but I'll just share this word with you. So basically, some of you know I've got a YouTube channel, and I, I work on vans. And, um, and so, GW TV, um, I've actually been away all this week, it's been great, the family's been out of recently, but it's also been quite stressful, lots of packing, it's all quite draining. Um, but I'm on the tools, so the, the, the word of that is tools. So I'm on the tools a lot, literally, physically, wrenches, screwdrivers, all that sort of stuff when I'm doing that. Um, but one of the things this word was that I was in this uh, like dusty old workshop and there was a chest that was found. In one word it was under the floor and another one it had just been pulled out from under a counter. Like an old chest and the chest got opened and within it were all these really old tools and they were all dusty, really old dusty like workman's tools. Um, like carpentry tools, there was like a plane and a thing for boring holes, also, I'm not very, I'm not no good at carpentry, I don't know what the tools are called. There was a hammer, I know what a hammer is, there's a chisel, and there were things like that. And these tools were really old and really dusty, and they looked like they were no good for, for anything. And then I picked up the tool, blew it off, dusted it off, and actually these tools were brand new. They were just ancient. They'd been buried for a long, long time and they'd never been used, but they were brand new and they were the best. They were like amazing, really well crafted. And on each tool was etched a word. And these words were kind of ancient ways of the early church that Jesus demonstrated to his disciples. So there were words like prayer, generosity, sort of sacrificial living, the Lord's Supper, pilgrimage, Sabbath rest. So things that are tools that Jesus used. And the word was that the master carpenter wants you to down the tools that you've been using and he wants to show you and apprentice you in using a new set of tools. And if you'll just obey him in doing that, literally down tools and give yourself to this new way, he's going to, make, he's going to show you how to use that. And then you're to do the same. You're to apprentice others then in how to use these ancient tools that actually no one's really using. You know, they might be using one or two, but there's like a whole craft almost that's been lost over the years, just been hidden and neglected. And even as a church leader, so this is part of what that was kind of, that came through sort of two or three different sources. I actually got a, a picture of it drawn up by an artist in our old church because it really resonated. I'll bring that in one week so I can show it to you. Um, but the gist of it really was that there's, even when you lead a church, there are so many tools that you get taught. How do you, how do you start a Sunday? How do you gather people? How do you organise groups? How do you preach? None of those are these ancient ways. These kind of fundamental things of what it is to be a believer. This, these are the things that Jesus would have been teaching his disciples as he gathered them to himself for three years and he journeyed with them. He wasn't teaching them how to lead groups. He wasn't teaching them how to lead worship. What sort of songs should you sing? He wasn't teaching them how to do hospitality. I'm sure he was doing some of that. But actually it was all about prayer. It was about understanding the word. It was about loving one another. It was about forgiving one another. All these ancient things, powerful tools that actually all change us in some way as we give ourselves to them. Not necessarily physically, all of these tools, kind of when you look at them, you think, 
Well, what does a Sabbath meal do? What does communion do? What does prayer do? They're all kind of like, they seem a bit, to a secular person, to a person that's about the here and now, they seem a bit hollow, a bit wishy-washy, like there's not really any output from them, is there? You do something, but you don't have anything to show for it at the end of it. Pilgrimage, you go on a long walk from one place to another. What's the point of that? Great for a bit of a rest, great if you want to take in nature, but there's nothing to show for it at the end of it. You haven't built anything. Like, for me, what's, what's at the end of it when I'm doing GWTV? I've built something. I can say, look, I have made this. And I think that's the thing, is these tools aren't about us. They're about him. And as we give ourselves to these practices, we're actually building something for him, not something for ourselves. And so we felt as a team that actually what would be really good is for the next maybe four or five months as we give ourselves to this series is just looking at some of these tools and talking about them and figuring out how we can embed them in our lives. Some of them will be really challenging, like fasting. When we get onto fasting, that's a, it's a powerful tool, but it's also a bit of a choice. talking about intermittent fasting for weightlifting, which I know Kai and others have been studying as they want to get, get big. We're talking about just fasting for things in our town. Fasting is like a spiritual discipline, which we see the early disciples do. But somewhere along the line, it's kind of just become a thing that maybe those, the intercessors fast, or, or witnessing, or the evangelists witness. But actually, we're all called to be discipled in these things, to learn the tools of Jesus that he shared with his disciples. And somewhere along the line, I think we've kind of fragmented it into different departments. We have those who pray, we have the evangelism team, we might have the prophetic team, and some have a you know, particularly in larger churches, some have a particular role. But that role, it says in Ephesians, is to equip the rest of the church to all be able to do that stuff. So that we are growing up into maturity. It's not certainly not about me being the expert at the front telling you all how to do that. That's like such a, a wrong understanding of what we're doing. It's about all of us learning from one another and discipling one another as we look to Jesus and learn ourselves through looking at ancient texts, kind of what the walk looks like. Is that okay? Cool. So I won't cover that every week, but that's like the background of what we're doing. So I'm going to need you to get into some tables. It looks like some of you have already. I might just need one or two to kind of merge together. Basically six groups, just because I've got six bits of paper. Yes, Sam, would you be able to organise people into tables if they're not moving? So, guys, if you could self-organise, that would be great. That would be really helpful. That would be great. And what we're going to do this morning, we're just, we're going to look at prayer. (laughs) Okay, so while everyone's self-organising, so if each table can have one of these bits of paper, Every bit of paper is the same, so you've all got the same stuff on there. Okay, so there are, has every every table got a bit of paper? So so someone on each table, if, if you're lucky enough, can someone on the table just pick up the bit of paper for me? Right, who's got the bit of paper? Hold it up. Right, all of those who are waving their bit of paper, because you were bold enough to step forward, you're now the, like the leader on that table, is that alright? You've just been delegated authority from on high, you're now the leader of the table, 
And then, so you're gonna, if anyone on your table gets unruly, you can implement discipline. Is that right? So you've got to make sure things stay on track. You've got to make sure that we're covering what we're covering. You need to keep an eye on the time. Is that all right? Uh, we've got about maybe 15 minutes we're going to cover all of this. So um, what I, if I can get all of your attention just for a moment. So if you can forget you're on a table. Uh, don't read what's on the paper. Maybe the person on the table, turn your bit of paper over. That would be helpful because there are some naughty people that will read the paper while I'm talking. Which isn't how it's meant to work. You know, and I know that's how it works because I'm one of those people that would do that. Um, so it says at the top of the bit of the paper that the Bible is full of teaching on prayer. The Bible is full of teaching on prayer. And so what I want you to do is I want you to read these verses and I want you to go through one at a time. I don't want you to read all of them, but you're going to read one verse and then you're going to talk about it, maybe for a couple of minutes. And then you're going to read the next one, talk about it for a couple of minutes. Then the next one, we're going to spend about 10 minutes doing that. Um, the reason we're doing this, there's a saying that we use a lot in this church that the imagination of God is amongst his people. Okay, the imagination of God is, is amongst his people. So I, I could literally preach on this for like an hour, if you wanted. Um, but it's much better that the, if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, then he's going to give you a revelation on what his word says. Because the, the Holy Spirit loves the word of God because he wrote the word of God. And if he dwells in you, then he's going to be able to draw out of it what, what he meant when he wrote it. Is that okay? So he didn't literally sit down and write it. He inspired all of the authors to write it. 66 different books in the Bible. He helped write all of them through different authors over centuries and generations, time spans, nations. It's an amazing book. It's the only book that can speak to you in a unique way so two of you can read it and you both come to different conclusions. The Holy Spirit's drawing out truth. And so what we're going to do is just say, Holy Spirit, would you please help us read your words? Because we want, really want to learn from it. We want it to change us. We want it to transform us. And we believe that you're, the imagination of God dwells in us because you're in us. And we're really, we're really thankful about that. So as you read this, you're going to ask a few questions of him. Who is speaking? These are all on your bit of paper. So who's speaking? Who's writing it? Uh, when or why were they told to pray? Is there any instructions in the text on how to pray? Is there any indication of what we might achieve through prayer through this little example that you're going to read? So it might be healing. You pray and someone gets healed in a story maybe. And then what impacts... What impacts you about the person in the story that's doing the praying or the teaching? So there's Jesus and Paul and there's, I think, some Old Testament examples. There's only five or six on there. And so there, we're just going to go through each one. You're going to do that in your groups. You're just going to talk about it. There's no right or wrong. We're just going to learn from one another. Is that all right? Um, so there are different examples. There are examples of how we should pray, how we shouldn't pray, what we should have faith for. There's one in there, I think, about healing. Is that Okay. So we're going to spend 10 minutes doing that and then I'll call you all to order and then I'll just, we'll tap the room for some wisdom. So if you spend about two minutes on each one, so if you read what's on the paper, maybe one of you read what's on the paper, you probably won't have time for you all to flip through your Bibles and each of you find it, it'll take you ages to get through them all. Great. Three, two, one. Back in the room. Okay. No, is that nine minutes, is it? It is actually, yeah. A little bit early. Sorry, guys. Did anyone actually manage to get through all of them? All six? That's good. Still on the first one. I thought so. It was quite a big one, that first one, to be fair. There's a lot in there. You, you can take these home and read them at home. I've, um, I'll stick them up in the WhatsApp group, so I'll make a little PDF. We can... 
Um, we can look through this. This all features midweek when you're meeting your hope groups as well. So, the first one was all about asking, and it will be given to you. Seeking, and you'll find that if you ask for something good, He's not going to give you something bad. This was Jesus speaking. And then it's this whole thing about if we're evil and we know how to give our kids good gifts, then how much more our good, good father, we've signed that this morning, how much more is he, you know, he's not going to give us something terrible. He's not, he's not out to, to do us over, but he's actually going to meet our needs and he's going to give us what we want. Well, he's going to give us what we need. So this is what I heard. There's a song, I think Rod Stewart sang it. Like, I won't sing, I'm a terrible singer, but you can't always get what you want, but you get what you need or something. I think it was Rod Stewart. It might, it might, might have been a cover. Was it meatloaf? I would do anything for love. Oh yeah, forget that. That was a terrible train of thought. But anyway, there's this whole thing that God doesn't necessarily give you what you want. You might be praying for this great new job. You might be praying for the for the perfect thing, and then all of a sudden you, you get something else. But God knows what we need at the right time. He's the Lord of all creation. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's in the beginning from the end. Before it even existed, He was there. And when it's all wrapped up and done and dusted. He's there. He, he rules and reigns for all eternity. Rolling Stones. Was it the Rolling Stones? It's the Rolling Stones. And so that was all about, basically, we, we can have complete confidence in the one that we're approaching, that he is good, he has got our best interests at heart, he knows what is best for us, like we think we do for our kids. We don't always give our kids what they want. When they want a brand new pair of 250 quid iPods, um, earpods or whatever they're called, I'm getting old now, aren't I? God, they're newfangled things, whatever they're called, them Bluetooths or whatever they are. <laughs> what do you want Bluetooth for? Um, we, we, we sort of try and help them to get what they need, not what they want, don't we? God's similar in a way, not because we're terrible people. Kids, we're not terrible people. I won't look around the room, but we're not terrible people. We're just trying to imitate God. He knows what we need, which isn't necessarily what we always want. He knows the shape that he's actually created and crafted us to be. And God wants this relationship where we go with him, go to him with great confidence that whatever we need, he's going to meet those needs. Stuff like bread. Healing. He's praying for Jerry's knee. He's got a terrible knee at the moment. We just speak life and healing over that knee. In Jesus' name. God knows the stuff that we need. And so we go to him and we ask for it. Not just for ourselves, but with our whole thing of hope, we are praying beyond ourselves. So God knows what our community needs. The next one, Romans 8. So what was Romans 8 about? Anyone want to shout out? First one in gets it. Intercession. Intercession. Jesus intercedes for us. Great. So yeah, so who is it to condemn? So there is one who's literally standing before us, condemning us. The, the, the enemy, the devil, he's, he's speaking lies over us. He's trying to get us to buy into an identity that's not true about ourselves. He's trying to get us to mess around with all sorts of things, whether it be addictions or anger or just a hard heart. He's trying to convince us that God is bad and that we should have nothing to do with him and he wants us to turn our back on him and to buy into that identity that he has crafted over us. He promises everything but delivers nothing other than death. Complete and utter death. Systemic death, we see it in the world. And personal spiritual death, we see it in the hearts of people that we know, sometimes even in ourselves. But Christ Jesus, the one who died, more than that was raised to the de- from the dead. The resurrection... He's at the right hand of God. He is literally interceding for us. For us. So Jesus is standing before the Father right now, pleading for your very soul. He's interceding for everything that's going on in your life. He's speaking hope and life over you right now. 
it is far more powerful than that enemy who's trying to condemn you. And so prayer is kind of tuning in to what Jesus says about you to the Father. Oh, I love them. They're my child. I went to the cross for them. They're so amazing. God, I want them to live a fruitful and a full life. And so prayer is about us tuning in to like that conversation and tuning out of the condemnation that the enemy is speaking over us. I don't know about you, I'm often tuned into that stuff. I can really lose my way if I let myself. I, I, I can go right back into the pit. It's easy. It happens. It's easy, isn't it? We can buy into that stuff. But prayer is about us tuning in to the one who is interceding on our behalf right now. Permanently. 24-7. Before the Father. And, and owning that. I'm a, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. He is a good, good Father. It's those things. That declarational stuff. Jesus is interceding that we would own that and know it and live it. That we would adopt it as our identity. Next one, I'll just bang through these quick. Matthew 3, Jesus talking to the, the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, pray the Lord of the harvest, that other workers would go out, other labourers would go into the harvest field. We've gone through this verse a lot. As a church plant, we really want to... Go for it. Earnestly. Pray earnestly. Yeah, pray earnestly. And earnestly, so when we're praying earnestly, we are praying without ceasing, we are praying like we mean it, not because we're putting it on, but because actually our heart has been caught up in something of the plight of the harvest that's going to go bad. If you don't pick the apples, they're going to go wrong. And so we've, the interesting thing, who's doing the praying here? Who's doing the praying? We are. And who are the laborers that are going to go out in the harvest? We are. We are. So we're praying to God that he'd send us out. We're not saying God send those other people on that other table like you guys are saying. Send that lot over there, that side of the jump. We'll just sit here praying for them. It's actually, Lord, would you equip and send your church, including me, to go out into the harvest to raise up other people who would also go out. It's like this perpetual, this cyclical motion of us going out, winning people at Jesus and sending others out. And we're doing that fervently and earnestly. And then the great reason we're doing that is because the next one, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his reverence. So the reason we're going out is because Jesus, he's literally praying right now. He's the one who's able to save from death and he's heard in his prayers because of his reverence, because of his holiness, because of the way that he laid his life down, because he's the spotless lamb. That's why the labourers can go out and save, save people because Jesus has already saved them. He's so other and different to us. And we're just going out to speak of what he has done. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications for other people. And so what are we to do? We also offer up prayers and supplications for other people for their salvation. Not because there's anything great about us, but because Jesus has done it all on the cross. And that's the family business. You're seeing people added into the kingdom. It's not just about us getting fat on knowledge until kingdom come. It's actually about us sharing that with everyone that we can. Everyone, everywhere, every day. So that the family becomes a very big multicultural family across every nation, every generation, every tribe and tongue. That's the vision. It's amazing. And he's going to do it. The banquet feast table in Revelation, that is what we'll see. It won't be some tiny little coffee shop like this. That is going to be a very big room. And it's going to be a very loud party. And we probably won't understand after what's going on. It's going to be so chaotic. But Jesus will be right at the centre of it in all of his glory. And we will all marvel at him and we'll be united in that fact. Which is beautiful. The next one, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for all of you, making my prayer with joy. You want to experience joy in your heart? Pray for other people in the church. Think about them more than you think about yourself. Pray for them. 
Lord Jesus, I pray for that couple over there that you would help them in the way that they're leading their kids. You'll find joy comes in your heart. And, and when are we doing it? Every time I pray. So don't always be just praying for yourself. Be praying beyond yourself for people in the church, for people in the world. See, what we're seeing is prayer is something that goes beyond ourselves. We should pray for ourselves, yeah, but let others be praying for you. Live, live a life that is so open that others know what's going on in your life. They can pray for you, and you know what's going on in their life, so you can pray for them. Don't just settle for, I'll pray for myself, and that's it. I'm not going to talk to anyone else. Live this sort of life in community, in a hope group, where you can get to know what's going on in that little community, that you can be praying for them, and you will rest assured they're praying for you. And who else is praying? Jesus, because he's standing in front of the Father interceding on your behalf. It's amazing. Wow, this is big, isn't it? Prayer is massive. And the last one, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you've got anything against anyone, so that your Father also is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So if you're feeling condemned, if you're feeling like you've had a terrible time when you're coming to prayer, a lot of people say that when I start praying, I feel really guilty. You've probably got someone you need to forgive. It says that about communion. Don't take communion without sorting your heart out first because some of you have actually died by doing it wrong. Wow. So these things aren't empty, hollow practices that we do as as an example. There is a spiritual reality that affects our very soul. That's why these tools are so important because it's about a condition of our internal world, not our external one. This body, as great as it is, as as fat as it's getting, is going to... It's falling apart already, trust me. It's falling apart. Things are aching and creaking. But the soul, that's the eternal thing. That's the very thing we need to be tending. And these these practices, these ancient ways, these hidden tools, they're actually going to refine us and help refine one another. Is that okay? So I'm just going to pray. We're going to finish there. would encourage you, if you're not in a hope group, if you're not sure you're going to go in one, I know there's one or two that are undecided still, Please do have a chat with Adam and Lizzie or Jonathan and Teresa. Find out what's going on. They're not going to have incentives. So it's not like come to our group and we'll give you Krispy Kreme donuts. Or, you know, there's not going to be all that. But <laughs> yeah, Maybe you could go to the group and take Krispy Kreme donuts. Now that would turn it on its head, wouldn't it? That would be good. How can you go and be a blessing to a group rather than what can you get out of it? If you're going to go to that one, go to the group I'm in. Is that all right? So yeah, King Jesus, we thank you so much for for what you're leading us into as your people that you want, to, you want to apprentice us in some new tools and so for all of us there's some things we need to lay down as, as you call us to pick up like the hammer of baptism or I don't know what it might be um, or to sit at the table or to meet in community you want to refine things in us in a way there's going to be some real challenges in there for, for different ones of us but Jesus you're the one we're following and we know it's going to be good for us it's going to be good for the church And ultimately, it's going to glorify you, which is going to draw people to yourself. And so, Jesus, we pray, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us on Wednesday night and Thursday night when we get home and we've had a rubbish day at work. It's all kicking off. And we just think, you know what? I can't be bothered. I'm going to have a beer. I just can't be bothered. I need a glass of wine. Whatever it is, Lord Jesus, we look to you and say, Lord, you're bigger than that. You're able to refresh our souls. We want to be like trees planted by a stream of living water that doesn't shrivel up and die, we want to flourish in our day and age so that people look at us and say, you know what, you're having a rubbish time at work, why are you so happy? Because I'm planted by a stream of living water that is nourishing me and I've given myself to a community of people who know every bit of my soul and they're praying for me. And Jesus is praying for me, would you like to know about that, Jesus? So Lord, we look to you, Lord.
we're, we're so happy with what you're doing here, but we, we pray for more, we dare to ask for more, because we know you're going to give us good stuff when we ask for it. And we know it's your heart to draw men, women and children to yourself, from every tribe, from every nation. That's why we've moved here, that's why others have joined us. And so Lord, we pray for that this year, that we would see many more added to the kingdom and discipled in these tools, because that's what it's about. We pray, Lord, that you would, you would grow us and stretch us and give us the, the boldness and the courage to, to let our grasp go of those things we're holding on to that are defining us, that actually have no part of us. Come and be glorified, Lord Jesus, we pray. Be with each of us as we, as we go our way this week. For your glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.